we've been talking about uh, here on Tuesday nights, we've been talking about, uh, we did the first half of this series on what? What's holding you back? We looked at different uh, historical figures in the Bible, and, and we talked about their flaws and the things that they battled, that they struggled with, and, 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 it, and it was all kinds of different things that they all walked through and dealt with, and we saw ultimately how, um, you know, for some of them, it was too much, and for others, they were able to come back to God, and, and, and we saw the redemption there. Um, but then we also then have been talking about how we go forward, how we move forward well, and I think that's uh, such a important topic because, you know, you've heard me say this a lot. I find that many people who say they're Christians are more focused on what they're trying not to do than what they're trying to do. They're more focused on not stumbling, on not doing that, not trying, not, not being with that person. And, and they're not focused at all on actually where I'm desiring to go. And, um, and that's not how he's called us to live. And when we think about uh, this summer, and, and for me, it's kind of my, for some of you, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like, what's going to propel you into, you know, your summer? What's going to be your mindset? And as I was thinking about this, I, I, I started thinking about two different summers that I had uh, during college. And they had two very different outcomes. Okay. One summer I came back and I, I, uh, I went home where I grew up and where my family was. And I went back there and I got a job and I remember I saw all my old buddies, all my old friends and that, and I, uh, literally partied all summer, like all summer. Um, and, and, and that's, that's what I did. And my mindset that summer was, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to see these people I haven't seen. Uh, we're all coming back from different college experiences and all this. We're going to have fun and, and all that. And, and then at the end of it, I'm going to get myself right. I'm going to get myself right. And, 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 and I remember having that mindset and, and at the end of the summer, I remember going, looking back and going, and I wasn't even walking with God at the end of the summer, but I remember at the end of the summer going, that was the most worthless summer of my life. I remember feeling empty. I remember going, I did nothing productive uh, with it, with that time. Uh, I, I started to think about these relationships that I had that, that I, I probably wouldn't see a lot of these people ever again, and that was done. And, and I just kind of wasted it all uh, for the sake of just let's live it up this summer, right? And let's, let's take a break. Because the mentality a lot of times with summer, uh, you know, if, uh, if you're a full-time student, a lot of times summer means what? a rest, a break from a lot of the stressful things uh, that, you know, these tests, these deliverables that you've been operating off of this homework. And so the temptation is that I'm going to um, just totally do everything that is opposite of that, which is just go crazy, have fun, not think about anything serious. The problem is uh, what I see is we take our relationship with God and we do the same thing. We essentially deconstruct all the things that we've built up throughout the year. We essentially say, God, this has been great, awesome, and then party. And, and God, you're there. Um, I want to follow you, but uh, we'll pick it up in the fall. We'll like, we'll get it going. It's going to be amazing fall, God, okay? But now I'm going to do me. I'm going to have some fun, okay? I'll meet you at the end of the summer, okay? And, and we'll think that way. 
will operate that way. A lot of us. And you may not go to some of the extremes I did. And maybe you don't party at all, but you're still having this break mentality in your relationship with God. I also had a, a different summer a couple years later where I came home, but I came home and did a youth pastor internship. And I've shared about this. And so I, I, I went back, you know, Two summers ago, I went back, and that wasn't good. So two summers later, I go back, and I am this interning middle school, whatever you want to call it, leader, you know, and, and that was the role that I had. And at that point in time, I could tell that God was working. You know, I, I, I knew that, that he was calling me into some capacity of ministry. I, I didn't know if that meant like vocationally. I, I didn't know what it meant. But I knew that I didn't want to just dive into something or change my major into something if I hadn't like really explored it. And so I remember, I, I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this middle school internship at this church. And I did it. And, and I've shared this. I hated it. Like all summer. I hated it. I, I, I didn't like it. I didn't like the kids. Like, you know, like when I would say, hey, I'd love to hang out with you, I was lying all summer. And they came from different backgrounds. I didn't understand a lot of their backgrounds. And that, it was just a rough crew. And, which is crazy, because now all those kids that were in my middle school, uh, they're all married and they have kids. It's nuts. But anyway, so I remember... Uh, like hating it, <laughs> but I was faithful in it all summer. And I'm like, man, when do I go back to school? When am I done with this? God being a pastor, that is not the route. So let's call it what it is. This didn't work out. You're leading me somewhere else. Very end of the summer, very end. What do you do at the end of the summer? If for those of you that went to youth, middle school, youth group or whatever, what do you do at the end of the summer? Go to camp, right? Camp. So I took them to camp, not looking forward to that but struck a great deal with a local dentist. Uh, they gave me a bunch of toothbrushes and stuff so I could force them to brush their teeth. Uh, I forget which business hooked me up with a whole bunch of the little deodorant packets. I said, thank you, forced that on them, uh, you know, taped it to their Bibles, said these two things, okay? <laughs> these two things, deodorant stick and your Bible. That's all I care about, okay? And, uh, and we went and, you know, and, and you're with them and, and, and you're doing it, you know, and all this and that. And then um, it was interesting, the speaker, you know, sometimes when you're listening to a speaker, you think you're there for other people and the speaker starts speaking to you all of a sudden. And they may have been directing that speech to the middle schoolers, but all of a sudden I'm getting hit. I'm taking fire. And, and all of a sudden, it's at the very end, and then, man, he just hammers it home to these kids. And this is the last night. Full on, just, just gives them the gospel. And I just, and then he, he, he like, I don't remember how he did the, the calling, but, um, and calling them forward or wherever he called them, to, I don't remember. But all I remember is there was a couple kids in particular. And these kids were like, these two kids, they were rough. And it was like, I mean, I'll be honest. If, if I had lost them that week, I wouldn't have searched for them. I'd been like, I don't know what happened. Um, they were just tough. 
And I just struggled with them. I, I was angry at them all week. And then all of a sudden, uh, one of them, boom, gets up and he just leaves. Walks out of the tent. It's a huge tent. Then the other one gets up. He walks out. He leaves. And I'm the youth guy. So I go. And I walk out to this kid. And this kid is weeping. I mean, he is weeping. And, and I sit there. And I'm like, hey, bud, what's, what's going on? And he just starts sharing with me all that he's going through at home, all the things. And I'm walking with him through it. And he ends up literally giving his life to Jesus. And I go to the other one. And almost the same thing happens. And I walk back into the tent with these two little rats that I didn't like. And I walk in with them. And I'm, I'm like, I'm feeling it. And I'm shocked. I'm surprised at even what I'm feeling. And it was in that moment that God said, Steve, what else do you want to do with your life? What else? What else is going to? And, and that was the beginning of him leading me into what I do now. And there's times I struggle. There's times I want to quit. There's all these times. I want to change. I want to, all that. That happens. Especially the last year and a half. It's like every week. But I go back to that over and over and over and over again. And I go back to that moment. And guys, that moment happened because of the summer. It happened because I made a decision that summer that was different than I had made the other summer where I'm going to really dig in and press in and into a space that uh, I don't really want to do, but God, I'm going to do this. And I walked through it. And like I said, it was painful all summer. We played dodgeball every week so I could throw balls at him. Every single week, I hated it till the very end. And God's like, man, there it is. And, and the clarity on my life and the purpose. And guys, I found that out in the summer. And so the question that, that you have to ask is, what are you going to do with this summer? What are you going to do with it? Okay, I painted two extreme pictures. You're somewhere on that. And, and the question is, you got to ask, how am I going to utilize this time? We've talked about urgency. We've talked about how you look at time, um, you know, when we talk about moving forward. But you guys, God has called us to a proactive life. He has not called us into this summer retreat resort experience. Me and my wife are headed to a resort in three weeks. We're doing nothing. And we're going to relax and chill. Guys, that's so that I can date my wife. That's not what he's calling me into. That's not what he's called me into. He's called us to a proactive life in him where we say, lead, I will follow. And it doesn't take vacations. It doesn't take summers off. It, and, and, and like I said, my most powerful time with him was in the summertime. So I really, I'm not selling you something that I haven't bought. Man, this is something that I believe in. And I do believe, regardless of whether you're working or not, you're in school, you're taking summer school, there is just a different mentality in summer. There just really is. And, and, and so you're in this unique time and space. I was thinking of this verse today. Um, as, we, as we talk about this proactive life uh, that he calls us into and we think about setting the pace for summer. In 2 Timothy 1.7, uh, Paul is writing to this young pastor and he says this, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love 
and self-control. Okay, say Timothy 1.7, for God gave us, picture he's speaking to this young pastor, for God gave us a spirit, or, uh, gave us a spirit not of fear. Now some translations talk about being timid or shyer, but he has not given us a spirit of fear. Fear is what? I hope I don't do that. I can't do that. I've got to stay away from that, right? I don't want to have this thought, right? That's that posture that I was talking about. He says, I haven't given you that spirit. I've given you a spirit of what? Of power, like power. Okay, um, where was I at? Oh, I was, in, I was in the Redwoods, and there's some elk power. And those things are powerful creatures, right? Power. He's given us a spirit of power. He's given us a spirit of love, his kind of love, not your love. His kind of love, this, this love, this, this, active, uh, this activated thing in our life that, that is of him. It's not of us. We can't produce it on our own. It's a different kind of love. And then ultimately, he's given us the self-control, which others translate that as discipline. Discipline. Okay? Discipline is not reactive. Discipline is proactive. Discipline is something you have to build into your life over time, and it's tough, but the spiritual disciplines are designed to lock you in step by step with God as you make them a normal rhythm of your life. And he's called us, he's given us a spirit that's going to lead us into a disciplined relationship with him. It's going to lead us into what? Love. Right? It's going to lead us into moments of just incredible power. And so when, when, when we start thinking about um, him not giving us this posture, the spirit of fear, but he created us for something. He gifted us with the spirit of power, love, the self-control. And I start thinking about summer and the tendency to just hang out and, and just to not really care. It's not that big of a deal. Fall is coming. I've started to realize that once again, we take the break mentality into our relationship with God and he doesn't call us to that. He calls us to be proactive in our faith moving forward. And in order to do that, you have to ask yourself, what is your focal point for the summer? Um, I've used this analogy before when I was in, and it, it's very real to me now because I'm teaching my two oldest how to mow the yard. Okay. Work smarter, not harder. So I'm, I'm teaching them how to do it, and I didn't get one that does itself. They have to push. They got to learn how to push. We will never get one of those. It's like, boys, you got to learn how to push, okay? And, and as I'm teaching that, them that, our yard could potentially look like what? The wave, right? It could. Um, and so I was teaching them what my dad taught me. Um, because I remember the first time I did it, and, 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 and it was great. I love how my dad, like, let me fail. Thanks, Dad. Um, but he did it once, and it was straight. And I've shared it before. My dad's yard is close to idolatry in his heart. So he cares deeply about it, maybe too much. And, and it's straight, perfect. So I'm like, all right, I got this, right? So I, I, I line it up, and, and I go, right? And, and I remember at the end, I look back, and I go, yeah, that looks bad. And, and so I go, Dad, why, why is mine bad? I was focused, everything else. And, and that's when he told me, you need to establish your focal point. And you look ahead, you focus on that. You don't focus on this. You focus on that. And if you focus on that, the lawnmower is going to go straight there. 
And that changed. That changed how I mowed the lawn. It's changing how my kids mow the lawn, right? But what he was teaching me there was an incredible spiritual lesson on life. Incredible. And when you think about your summer, that's the beginning point, is what's going to be the focal point? Because the focal point is what? It's going to be where everything else goes towards in your life, right? So we've talked about all these other things. Guys, at the end of the day, if, if your focal point's where it needs to be, anchored in Jesus Christ, and, and that's your focal point. Everything else that you bring, your baggage, <laughs> uh, all these insecure, everything else, that will go with you towards the focal point, okay? And you're taking it to the right place because as he's the focal point, as you take it to him, guess what happens? It starts falling off. It moves it. And so there's, there's, uh, there's uh, three different um, things that I want to quickly speak to that I think are the most important things when we think about what, needs, what we need to make um, as what, what are the three things we need to focus on and we need to say, I'm going to take this and make him the focal point with it, okay? The first thing is um, your time must point to him, okay? We talked about time, um, the time, how I prioritize my time, I should be able to look at it and it should speak to him being the direction of my time. Okay, so my time should point to him. How I use it, when I think of the summer that I utilized for him, I could look at the time I spent and it pointed towards him. It pointed towards pursuing him. And that doesn't mean you're always gonna feel great about it. It doesn't mean you're always gonna be fulfilled uh, in all those things. Like I said, I struggled with it the whole summer. And I was like, it was like I, COVID wasn't there, but I, I felt like I was in isolation. I moved back, I'm all by myself, uh, in this middle school intern, I've got no friends in this. I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. And, and it was rough all summer. But then at the very end, because I maintained, he was the focal point and my time went towards him. Everything else came to the surface. So how do we, with our time, make him a focal point? One is what are you reading? What are you going to read? Okay, uh, you know, Matthew 4, 4, Jesus is being tempted by the ultimate tempter, and it says he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's your spiritual food, right? So you have an opportunity to uh, have a well-fed summer, to be spiritually nourished, or you're going to come out of this going, <gasps> I'm starving, Steve. It's the fall, and I'm starving, so what are, you, what are you gonna do, right? I love how Psalm 119, uh, 130, it says this. The unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. I love how that's worded. The unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding, and I love how it says to the simple. We're kind of simple. All right, we just start. 
And so when it says the simple, it's like it's going to meet you there regardless of how long, uh, you know, you've been a Christian. Uh, It can meet you there regardless. His word is powerful, and I need that in my life. And, And so if I talk about making him the focal point of my time, that means how am I, that, that, that means I have to ask the question, uh, how am I utilizing my opportunity to read more about him if it is considered my spiritual food? The next thing is praying, okay? Praying is what? Communication with, with God, right? It's, it's literally uh, speaking and listening, it's going before him. Uh, Psalm 145, 18 says, The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. Okay? In truth. So if you're gonna if you're gonna come to him, he says, I'm gonna be near to you. Come to me in truth. You better be real with me, better be honest with me. And if you're gonna take away something from me that you're gonna claim is from me, it better align with who I am. Okay? Um, and, and, and so we see that he is responsive and near. And so you have this opportunity to develop this relationship with him that's deeper than it's ever been, making him the focal point. Okay. That, that means you're going to have to make a decision once again with time. Am I going to take time to pray? Am I going to take time to read my Bible, the mouthpiece of God? Uh, the other thing is church right? Church. Okay. That's a big one, right? Guys, I didn't invent church just so you know. In fact, whenever someone says I have a problem with church, I go, oh, what's your problem? And usually they don't say you, but they do. I'm like, that's legit. You should leave then because I'm still here. (laughs) I'll be honest with them. I'm like, I can tell you where I'm not that church, that church, that church. Good luck. But anyway, when, when we think about church, Jesus created the church. He says, I will build my church. I'm going to build it. So he created it, and he's designed it. He's given giftings um, and roles and all these things, and he invites you into that. And that is something that I can say with 100% certainty, if you make it a priority, you will be blessed by it. You will. And, and, and I'm not like saying that because, man, I can preach. I'm not saying that. I'm saying there is something powerful about coming together and worshiping him together. There's something powerful about it, okay? It's totally different. You know, we did online only for a while, and there I am in my home. I'm singing. Kids are crying, everything else, and I'm trying to sing. I'm like, let me worship, right? And, and that, guess what? It did not feel great, and we have great worship right? Like they sound good, but here I am. Now I'm just listening. I'm trying to worship, but man, when I go in there and you know what? I've been in there and I've been, and and even in a mask and I'm like, wow, wow. I don't even know what's going to happen next Sunday without masks. But like, even with a mask, something happens when you're together. Something. When you're, when you're also, when you're pursuing God, uh, there's something different that happens when you're doing that together. Okay, you guys, none of the favorite conf, con, con, concerts, none of the favorite concerts you've ever been to were empty, were they? Right? Your favorite concerts, what? You may not even like the band a ton, but if everybody's there going crazy, singing the song together, and all of a sudden you're singing a song you never even liked, you get caught up in it, right? 
There's something about that, right? There's something about the reality. He's built us for relationship. He's built us for community. And when you come together as a church, when you make that a priority, uh, there's something that happens when we all say he's the focal point. We're all pursuing him. And, and we come from these different backgrounds. And man, we just lay it all aside and we go, boom, let's do it. That, you make that consistent in your life. It will transform your life. It will teach you more about yourself. It will teach you how you're not alone. It will show you giftings that you have that you didn't know you had. It will lead you to interactions with people who will pour into your life. It will put you in positions where some people will make you uncomfortable. And it's a good thing because guess what? Sometimes we need to be uncomfortable. And we get stretched. We get pulled. All these uh, things. We get challenged. And those are all things, you guys, that you need. And God knows that, that he built that desire in you. He created it. So you got to ask, am I going to make that a priority? Is that going to be a focal point of my summer? The spiritual disciplines, right? Uh, those come out of this. The love, joy, peace, the patience, the kindness, the self-control. All these things uh, come out of uh, that. Um, the, the next thing when you think about time is the people you give your time to. So this summer, you're going to have an opportunity. I already talked about time is the thing. You don't get back. You need to live it with urgency. Who are you going to give some of that time to? And is that making Jesus the focal point? Right? So I look at my calendar a lot um, as a pastor, and I ask that question. I look at where my time's going, and I ask, and I'll evaluate, and I'll say, man, certain this person is taking a lot of time. Is, is that what God's calling me to. Is that, you know, is that in alignment with his will? And I have to evaluate that continually. Um, and then I think ultimately what you have to do when we think about time is you have to learn how to build consistency. Consistency. The, everything during the summer is inconsistent. What a great time to establish some spiritual rhythms that are consistent so that you go into the fall and you're already dialed in. You're locked in, Okay. That, that's, this is a great opportunity, okay? Um, the next thing is your relationships must point to him. This is a huge one. Your relationships must point to him. So if you're going to, and you probably will, maybe. You'll probably go on a date. Maybe. I don't know. So don't, you said it. Don't see me in the fall and be like, you told me, you promised, and then it didn't happen. I hate you. Okay? Um, don't force it either, okay? But is who you're going to date making him the focal point? When you think about who you're going to invest time with relationally, is it going to make him the focal point? Or is it going to make these other things the focal point? Who are you going to allow to invest in you? This is a huge flaw with people your age right? Just agree. You're like, no, it's not. Um, one of the things I want to challenge you guys with, if I said, hey, do you want this person to invest in you? That, that, uh, yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, I want that. I want that. You would agree. Where I see so many of you fall short is the next step of actually then taking time to allow them, bringing them in to your life, allowing them to invest in you is totally different than saying, I want to be invested in. Allowing someone, bringing someone in to the uncomfortable, 
Bringing someone in to what's really going on, to the core of your heart. Bringing someone in with some of these things that you've been battling for a long time that you've never shared with anybody. You have this opportunity this summer because guess what? Just like me, um, I'm, pro- I'm a lot easier to get a hold of. I'm a lot easier to meet with in the summer than I am in the fall. And so you have this opportunity to bring people in and, and make, and, and, and the question is by who you're bringing in that you're choosing to invest in you because whether it's somebody that you look up to or it's just a roommate or it's just this friend or it's just this co-worker, you're choosing, you're making the choice because they're not forcing themselves on you. Unless they're your roommate, then you're just good luck. But um, you're choosing to allow them to invest in you. So now that's different than like just like hanging out with a group of friends, okay? I want to be clear on that, right? So I'm not saying you should hang out with a group of friends and be like, we haven't talked about Jesus at all. I'm out. Like, I'm out, okay? You guys are all sinners. I'm out, okay? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying by who you're choosing to invest in you, but when you look at that and who they are, is that making him the focal point or is it making you the focal point? Okay, and, and, and so I want to challenge you in that. And if you've never done that, I want to challenge you to do it this summer. Who are you going to bring into you, into your life? Who are you going to allow to invest in you in a way that brings honor and glory to him? Um, the next thing that we need to um, make sure point to him is the decisions we make should point to him. When we think about the decisions we make, what does it point to? A lot of times it points to insecurities. A lot of times the decisions we make point to biases. They point to ideals. They point to uh, things we want, right? Or things we believe we're supposed to have. These are all things that we, we battle, um, you know, in our lives with decisions. Me and my wife, one of the things we've been wrestling through right now is, is that in relation to our kids. There's all these opportunities for our kids. And right now the conversation uh, is we're battle, we're, we're, we're trying to, um, battle like, like, ah, what's too much? Are we losing sight of what's important? What should be a priority to our kids and all of this? And, and man, it's tough. It's tough. And, and what we see is a lot of us in these decisions, um, a lot of even insecurities where we're like, man, they just missed out on a whole year of life. They didn't have that. So we got to just give them everything this summer. And it's like, wait a second, what's driving that decision? What's driving it? It's not him. He's not the focal point of that. Now, I would say my intentions aren't bad. I want to give my kids everything. Listen, if, my, if I came home tonight, they were still up and said, Dad, I want to go to Disneyland, you know I would love to have a helicopter and just take them down. I would love to. If I could give them everything, I would. But I have to ask, when we're talking about these things, me and my wife, it's like, what's the motivation for this? And how are we prioritizing this decision? And ultimately, we have to ask, who's the focal point? Is it based on my insecurities? Is it based upon me wanting them to achieve something or be something? Or that they're going to be so much happier because they have this and other kids didn't have that? All of these things are realities. And you guys are making all of these decisions. I think like three weeks ago, I talked about decision making, how to make important decisions. I talked about it. But you guys, at the end of the day, your decisions have to reflect that it's pointed towards him. And that could be jobs. Uh, I've prayed, I don't know how many uh, for you for jobs. And, and, and you're going to have more job opportunities. 
jobs you're going to be offered that you haven't been offered yet are going to happen this summer. How are you going to make that decision, guys? How are you going to make it? Uh, schools. Some of you are literally deciding, do I transfer or not? Do I go back here or not? Do I go to grad school? Do I, you guys are, are, are literally, do I go to a specific trade school? All these things are things you guys are wrestling through. And how are you going to make that decision? What's the focal point of that decision? Your major. Okay. I don't know how many majors I had. A lot of them. Okay. And how are you going to define that? What's going to be the route for arriving at the decision you make there? Uh, your living situations, okay? You are going to be wrestling through some living situations. You're going to be asking some of these questions we just talked about. Uh, is this per someone I should be living with? Is this someone I shouldn't be living with? Is this a situation? Is this an area I should be in? Is an area I shouldn't be in? All of these things you're going to be wrestling through when it comes to living situations, and you're going to have to ask, what's the focal point? right? Because when it talks about living situations and all of these things, typically what drives those decisions? You can speak up. Go for it. Try it. Everyone's afraid. Desire, Desire for sure. Comfort, Boom. Say it again. Comfort. 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 100% of the time. Guys, that, that's the never-ending battle of life is comfort, wanting comfort. You, and, and you go, no. You, you look down at the depth of most of your decisions. You're trying to find the situation, the job, the opportunity that's most comfortable. Okay? When you start praying over things, that is going to flare up every single time. Every time. So what's going to be the focal point? Because I'm going to tell you right now, he's not about your comfort. He's just not. I've, I've lived long enough. I know. He's not. That's why I had a third kid. He definitely doesn't care about my comfort. He just doesn't. And that's okay. I love him. We're going to keep him. But he, he's, he's not concerned about my comfort. I'm convinced. <laughs> and that's okay. That's okay. Because the Bible, oh, the heroes of the faith, I just don't see it. But I, I see that if I will make him a priority, if I will live for him, if I will follow him, if I will do what we sang in the song, if I will just say, lead me, lead me in this decision, lead me in, man, who are my roommates going to be and, and that, my living situation, my major, lead me in the school I need to be at and I not, lead me in the job I need to be at, I don't need to be at, lead me and, and guard my heart from my desire, which is what? I want to be comfortable. And I also want it to align with, as you said, my desires, my will, right? My dream, Okay, um, and, and so those are all things, you guys, that we go back to and they have the potential to take your summer and turn it into this lawn mowing mess. Or you get to take a moment tonight and ask what's going to be the focal point and you, and you literally take the decisions, the, the jobs, uh, the, the roommates, the living, uh, the living situation, the living or the dead, the, you get to take uh, the person or person... I was going to say persons, you're going to date. I don't know. It might be a great summer. And you're going to take all of that with you somewhere, somewhere you are. Where is it going to be? And that's the question. And if it's him, if it's him, you guys, it's going to be incredible.
And, and don't, don't go like a week and go, Steve, it's not incredible. Okay. It wasn't incredible for me until like literally the last week. Okay. And, and, and for you, you may not understand it till years later even. But it is so worth it. Okay. And so here is the challenge. Start developing the habits right now that you want to carry into your fall. That's, that's the challenge. Every time you go into summer. That's the challenge because the things you establish now are going to be, e- e- they're either going to create an overflow into the fall or you're going to have to restart and you're going to have a moment where you come forward or we're singing and you're like, God, I'm so sorry and I want to come back to you and that. Oh, I don't want you to do that. Man, I want to see you just ready, ready, excited, knowing, following him, confident. All these things. I want to see the fruit of the Spirit in your life as you move forward in Him. And, and my job, man, I just want to stoke that fire every chance I get. Encourage you. Get out of the way as you follow Him. Because that's it. That, I, I just want to be your cheerleader. I'll challenge you. I'll be there for you. I'll walk with you. Uh, you know, anything you need, we're here. We're in your corner. But at the end of the day, it's your decision.